Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. I work with kids every day. So I'm a school, I'm a school social worker. And um they get me so like the the energy that they bring, even though I'm exhausted at the end of the day, but the energy that they bring kind of keeps me light, right? Like I don't is it can get as we as like adults, if you know I'm I'm a husband, I'm a father, right? I'm a dog dad. So it's like a lot of things come up and it's like I got a lot of things to handle. And it can get like dark, right? It can get heavy, it can get really like cumbersome of like and, and take over my spirit so being around the kids every day there is a lot of energy it's it's the naive the, the them being a little naive kind of helps out a little bit as well um but like they, they keep my spirits high right I, I see them like i know the lingo the new music so it's they kind of you know that's that's where the, the the little extra bit comes out of as well comes from as well excuse me Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Tone Butta, who is a visual artist out of PG County, Maryland, by way of Cambria Heights, New York. As a self-taught artist, he originally began his journey restoring and customizing sneakers in 2016. This allowed him to explore a variety of colors and schemes connected to the sneaker community. Since he started, he has customized over 150 pairs of sneakers and shoes for a variety of customers. Through that experience, he has transitioned to becoming contemporary artist across several mediums. He consistently pushes the limits in terms of color and creativity in his most recent work. Please welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Can you tell us about your background and how art has influenced you? Um, so I don't come from like the most artistic family. Like there's a couple family members who, uh, can draw, but not, uh, it's not like an overwhelming thing in my family. Um, but I've always been like attached to it. I've always loved, loved like cartoons. I was like that middle schooler that was drawing, uh, Dragon Ball Z characters in like O2 or something like that. Right. Um, but then like, I, but I've always like had, have had this like creative spirit. Um, and so that kind of just always driven me. Like everything I've done has always been some sort of life. I've always had some opportunity to be creative. I got painted everything I can touch. Like I painted my car, I've painted um, houses, murals, any like skateboards, pieces of wood, whatever I can get my hands on, I'm trying to paint on it. Um, and so uh, around 20, I want to say 2014, I started like dabbing and I was like, oh, I always love sneakers. I've always loved, um, I've always loved to paint, right? So I was like, all right, cool. So I'm going to paint. Uh, and then I was like, all right. So I started like first um, gluing fabric onto the shoes or whatever. And then my wife, was like, I started painting a couple of years. My wife was like, you should really try this. So then I just started like painting for people and stuff like that, very small. Um, and then I just got like hooked. And now I'm like, I, I don't ever want to stop. <laughs> that's fantastic. And I do, I must say, I love the background. And that's kind of what caught me, caught my eye um, when we were at Congress Heights. Mm-hmm. 
was just how colorful and fun your work is. So would you say that um, cartoons or that type of imagery inspires your artwork? Yes, yes. So like I give the utmost respect to like realist, um, realist artists, like they are amazing. Um, but the way like I look, I approach art is is just this is the opportunity to create whatever I want things to look like. Um, and I really love colors. Like I used to always wear bright colors. Now since I started painting, I wear black a lot because I guess all of the expression is coming through the art. Um, but yeah, like I love bright colors. I love cartoons. Uh, I'm, I'm a super nostalgia person. So like I still have like old toys from when I was a kid. I still have. Mm-hmm jerseys and video games and stuff like that so it's like cartoons and just art and video games has always been something i'm like really passionate about especially like mario i love a good mario game so take us back to like your first um piece of art that you felt like you really encouraged your exploration or like continuing as an artist what was that first piece um it's a piece i actually painted over uh but it was a it was a black guy with a do-rag on and it was like abstract all on the back and it was fundamentally it was like it was definitely still early in my my journey but like i want to get back to that painting um and kind of reimagine it uh it's it was one of those i was like okay this feels this feels right it's not it wasn't a recreation of somebody else's character or nothing it was like my own um and it just got me like really inspired. And like, that was one to one. I was like, all right, I can get this. This is, this is something I just got to practice, but I, I'm going to find my way. Cause I really like doing this. I love that. I also love the fact that you were, you know, um, kind of talked about nostalgia and how, you know, cartoons inspired your work. Um, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? So I had a couple. Okay. So, um, growing up, I loved like the whole net, uh, Cartoon Network, where it was like Johnny Bravo, uh, Cow and Chicken, Dexter's Laboratory. I love, and then like Nickelodeon had like Hey Arnold, um, and shows and shows like that, uh, and Rugrats, right? Um, and those are like the shows that like I watched every Saturday morning, like Pepper Ann. I don't know if you remember those type. Yeah, I like, do. I I still know the theme songs of all of the cartoons that you just mentioned. So yes, 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 Static Shock. So like. That was a really fun time in my childhood. Me, my right. dad, and my brother used to watch Saturday morning cartoons together growing up. Um, and it was just like a, it's like a, it just calms me down. Like when I'm stressed out about like the real world now, it's like, all right, that's a time where I was like relaxed and calm and like really uh, was just having a good time. And I, I always go back to it. Right. So I wanted to go like kind of ask questions also about the business side of art because a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, express themselves and are very creative. But what was your journey like as a business person, like an entrepreneur artist? So it's, I'm still very much so into it, into that journey. Um, It's been super challenging because uh, I'm not a type A person. So like, I'm definitely type B. So like ideas, creativity, abstract, everything is like, that's what runs in my head. And then like every quarter I sit down and it's like, all right, you have this week to get this work done. I put a timer on for an hour or whatever, just to kind of get into like how much money is really going out. Cause we always look at how much money we build and making, but how much money is we really spending? Um, what's profitable? Uh, like what's my profit margins looking like? How, um, like what type of events I'm doing? Right. So like this past weekend, well, yesterday I was at uh, Fairfax comic-con junior and it was like the, the, there's pieces I brought, um, to that show 
that got overwhelmingly more uh, praise than if I brought it to like some other shows or other pop-ups I've been to. Mm-hmm. So it's like definitely being mindful of like what crowd you're going to. Um, and then also like really planning ahead. Like most creative people are, are spontaneous, right? They just do things, right? And it just like, you just start popping. I'm gonna just do this, this, this. And it's like this past winter, like I really focused on planning, right? So like, I think I want to do Comic-Con this year. I want to do at least a pop-up or an art show every month this year to give my get my name out there um, so people can see my art. Um, and, like, that's been the biggest challenge is, like, not allowing my spontaneous side to take over the work and, and kind of stay grounded uh, in the actual financial and, and business side of the actual work. That's really helpful and great advice. Um, just you mentioning planning as well. And knowing your crowd, because it seems like you're also t- trying to gauge as an entrepreneur where, where your crowd is and, mm-hmm. you know, how to navigate those spaces. Um, how would you think or what was the most challenging part of you as a business, a business owner, also as an artist? Like, how would you as an entrepreneur um, plan, per se? Like, I understand that you also look for um, spaces such as Comic-Con Junior, but like in terms of you know, figuring out how much money comes in and how much that goes out. How do you plan that? So I try to give myself a budget, right? Uh, a monthly budget, mm-hmm. right? Because like, obviously the, the spontaneous side of me still rears this ugly head every once in a while, right? So I give try to give myself like a monthly budget of like, all right, I'm going to spend no more than $300 in supplies this month um, between supplies and uh, uh, event, right? So um, I schedule it out. So for each month I have no more than I'm not doing no more than two events like this, this month I got last week and this week coming up, but I try not to do no more than two events. Um, I only save like those type of events that cost $200 to go to. All right. That's going to be probably once a quarter, maybe once every two months. That's definitely not an every month thing um, to plan out. And then I really just started understanding where my demographic was. Um, and there's a lot of blurs. Um, I'm starting to really dive into the blurred like realm, uh-huh. right? Which the black nerd realm. Um, and so like this, this the past December, I just sat down and said, "All right, these are when these events are. This is when this is happening. Let's let's move to that crowd to see if that that crowd works." Um, because I'm like I said, I'm not a portrait artist. I'm not gonna paint your favorite rapper, right? I'm not gonna paint like I'm, I'm just not who I am, right? So. I don't, I don't, if those are, if I see events that are more tailored towards that type of art, I kind of, I have stuff for it, but I'm definitely this year been focusing more on where can I show my cartoon art that it'd be like really appreciated. Um, where are the folks that's going to like really be excited about it? And, um, things, some things are going to come down the pipeline in, in, in this year. So, and I'm looking to have my own show this year. So it's, it's, uh, definitely something I have, I've had to plan out this year. And I've, and, and also like finally figuring out who the heck I'm trying to say. So this art too. <laughs> yeah, that's really strategic. And I think it's helpful for our listeners as well, because oftentimes as artists, it's almost like rather than you knowing who you are and being confident in that, you're trying to like, you know, follow trends or do something that you feel like is out of what you are, but what the viewers may like. But I feel like mm-hmm. when you're more confident about who you are and you're firm in that, it's easier for you to find like 
your niche or the people that are actually going to appreciate your work. So that's really admirable and helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So what are some of your biggest influences outside of art that keep you motivated as a creative? Um, I work with kids every day. So I'm a school, I'm a school social worker. Okay. And, um, they get me so like the, the energy that they bring, even though I'm exhausted at the end of the day, but the energy that they bring kind of keeps me light, right? Like I don't, it can get as we as like adults, if you know, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, right? I'm a dog dad. So it's like a lot of things come up and it's like, I got a lot of things to handle and it can get like dark, right? It can get heavy. It can get really like cumbersome of like, and, and take over my spirit. So being around the kids every day, there is a lot of energy. It's it's the naive the, the them being a little naive kind of helps out a little bit as well. Um, but like they they keep my spirits high, right? I, I see them, like I know the lingo, the new music. So it's it kind of you know that's that's where the, the the little extra bit comes out of as well comes from as well. Excuse me. Have they seen your artwork before? Yes, I actually hang up every semester. I switch the uh the art on my behind my desk in my office so they come in oh mr carter i know the court is about to end what new new art you're gonna bring so it's like uh yeah it's 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 something exciting for them and me as i kind of you know show show what i I got and show what i'm capable of that's wonderful i also i'm a former educator so i understand like that energy that the kids give that's wonderful but also kids don't lie (laughs) No. So, you know, if, if you want to improve something or if you feel like you were not confident about a piece, like they'll always tell you the truth about something. Um, so can you discuss any um, projects that you've had that you've been proud of in the past that was kind of new and different? So ironically, something really just happened two weeks, three weeks ago. So I got the opportunity to paint live for the first time at a uh at a opening, like a grand opening for um, a medical cannabis shop that's oh, opened up in Hyattsville. Mm-hmm. I've never painted live. I take, I'm one of those people that doesn't show a lot of the progress. It's my therapeutic space. It's where I calm, get calm. I'm, and then sometimes it just don't feel comfortable sharing that 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 level of being or being that intimate with the with the world, right? Um, but I took a chance. I was able to, uh, there's a new geometric style I'm really working on, um, that I'm really like enjoying. It's, uh, it's a little quirky. Like if you look at the, uh, the, the, the green painting in the back mm-hmm. with the eyes, kind of like the, the circle and square kind of thing. It, it, I use that theme. Um, and I painted something that I never, it's probably one of my best pieces ever. Like I'm so mm-hmm. excited. It's bright. It's vibrant. It has like chameleon, flakes in the background like it's you know it's just really exactly what I wanted to put on the canvas and it's one of the first times where everything looks I got everything to look exactly the way I wanted to look in my head so that was like that was like a really good experience um and you know confidence booster that I can that I can that I can do it right like I can get it right yeah, I like that. Um, I can resonate with that feeling where it's almost like you have a puzzle in front of you and you're trying to figure out, you know, the vision, but how can you make that vision come to life, you know, with mm-hmm. your paintbrush? Um, so I wanted to ask, like, how does your artistic practice transfer into your everyday life? What kind of lessons have you learned through your artistic abilities and your creativity? Um, that the world never knows the script. They only know what they see. 
Mm. So uh, it taught me to, and like I said, I don't always get it exactly the way I want it to look on canvas from my head, but the world would never know that. You would look at it like, oh, that's nice. I really like this. Or how did you do this? And it's like, you have no idea that I did not <laughs> get to the spot that I wanted to get to before I showed it. Um, and learning that has kind of really helped me out in life and, and, and not only at work, but just kind of with family as well. And, uh, and just day to day, like no one really knows anything until you present it, right? Mm-hmm. They don't know what things looks like. They don't know what the plan was. And to beat yourself up about it, you not reaching or completing the plan, like in true fidelity, right? It's not as big of a deal as you think it is because while you have the expectation of yourself, the world doesn't understand that expectation. They never will. Mm-hmm. So it's like you keep going and keep showing and just get better. And then as you practice, it'll get to exactly where you want it to be. Right. But like at this time, this is where we, we in act two, right? We're not in, we're not in the final act. So we're going to keep going. Um, and I'm going to keep showing as, uh, as I always say. Absolutely. And I've learned that confidence is really key. Like not everybody will know the behind the scenes of what you're doing, but if you're passionate and confident about your work and firm about it, someone's going to love it, you know, and mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, more people are going to love it than dislike whatever you're putting out there. Um, so yeah, I want to go back to your live painting experience. Will you ever do it again? Oh yes, I will. I will. Um, and the risk I took with it, this one, I think gave me, that's why it gave me so much confidence because I was going to do like a pair of Jordans, like in the sky, right? Like I'm getting high above the clouds, like something like that. Right. It would have been dope. I would have executed it. Perfect. It would have been good. Right. But my wife was like, do your own thing. Do like your own character, do like your own piece. And I was like, all right, I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a, you, you're not too wrong enough for me not to take you right at this moment. Right. So I was like, all right, cool. So I took the chance and like, now I'm like, all right, cool. Like people, a lot of people do want to see that process. Right. Yeah. And they, they are excited. They're like, how did you get it from this to this? Uh, um, cause they can't, they can't imagine it. Cause they don't, they don't, that's not their world. Um, and it was a dope experience. Like I'm definitely the next couple shows I'm doing, I'm definitely going to have like a small piece I'm working on and I'm going to just continue it on live at the, whatever I'm bending at. So like, you know, people can see the process and, you know, feel more comfortable and related to the artist as well. Well, to me as well. That's fantastic. Um, and I love that you're trying new things as a creative. Where do you see yourself going, um, in the next few years with your artwork or what, what new challenges or new approaches to your work would you like to try? So the one where I, where I want to get to, like, obviously it's all a journey, but like where my next big step right now is getting called into a a gallery. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, I want to be called into a gallery for my original art, my original character, uh, and be a pre and that work be appreciated by kind of the people who run the, run the world a little bit, right. Run this, run this part of the world. Right. So, um, and just have people look like I need that. And I know that's tones. I know that's butters. That's butters painting. I want that in my house. Like, I'm, and that's what I want. And that's why I like, I'm, I created the character. So now it's not a, Oh, I'm doing one piece. Or I'm doing Pokemon. Or I'm doing this. It's like, Oh no. Like this is his own thing. Um, and like Hebrew, I watched an interview with Hebrew Brantley um, recently and it got me so inspired uh, to kind of just do my own thing um, and rely on 
my own talent as opposed to the likability of the characters mm-hmm. that I'm painting. Um, cause that's fit. That's scary. Right. Like it's like, now it's like, no, this is, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I created. Not like my variation of something that you already love. Right. So, um, that's kind of where I see myself going in the next step. Uh, and you know, just got to keep practice, keep going and, and getting the artwork out there. So more folks can see it. Um, cause I always say the right person at the right time just has to see the right thing. Um, and you never know what the, where the opportunity is going to take you. So just going to keep pushing and keep, keep getting myself out there so people can see it. That's great. And it, it's, even though you like, you're not showing your own personal work now, what you're putting out is still creating, you know, visibility for the person that you are. And so mm-hmm. once you get to that point, I feel like it'll be a strong body of work and a unique body of work because, it's something fresh and new, but people have already seen like your journey from where you started up until where you're, you're where you're headed. So that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk about any social or political issues that you feel strongly about and how they intersect with your work? Um, so as a black man in America, uh, just, Racial, social issues are really big for me. Um, I was raised in a household where my dad was always, we listened to Gil Scott Heron all the time. We listened to uh, a lot of like pro-black music. I know all the 60s and music going down type of thing. So um, the the plight of African-Americans in this country is big for me, right? Mm-hmm. Working with, working with uh, African-American students is big for me. Right. Uh, seeing seeing like the disparity uh, of wealth in not only the district, but in PG County as well and how things look um, in different areas is is big for me. Right. Uh, quality education is big for me. Um, get, allowing kids to have hands on experience, like when they're working on cars, whatever it is, even if it's not a career, it's like they need the skills. They like a lot of our, our black kids are leaving high school with no skills. And it's like that's big for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I really like in 2020, kind of when everything was happening with George Floyd, like I already, like when Trayvon Martin happened is when I, I was a first an adult, like I was really an adult at that Same. time. Um, so it was, I was marching. I was, I was in, I was in DC. I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm mad. I'm pissed off. Right. Um, but as like time has gone on, like the things keep happening, you feel numb. Right. And I'm like, try to like step away from the black trauma. Right. It's like, I don't want to see it. I know what happened, but I don't want to see it. And it's like, I continue to, I continue to kind of sometimes pull back and, and tear that bandaid off because it's like a reminder of like, keep pushing and not removing myself so much from like the experience of what people that look like me are experiencing. Um, Cause sometimes you got to peel the, band, the bandaid back so it can heal a little bit better. Right. So it gets some air to the wound. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of this big for me. And then in 2020, I painted these two, these two pieces um, that I'm actually going to be showing this, Sunday at Black Boy Art Show. Uh, oh, one called, um, thank you. One's gonna be called Pick a Nigga, um, and uh, the other one is Fight the Power. So uh, they're on my they're on my page now and on my website. But uh, uh, those are those like two big pieces. They look nothing like anything I created. Like absolutely, they look they they don't even look like the same artist, right? Um, and I can share it. I can share it with you all as well what what those two look like. But they don't oh, even yes. look like I I painted those um compared to like what you see behind me right um and that and i realized in that time as well that being in that space for too long has such a negative impact on on me 
and my my creativity, my personality, my my outgoing is just kind of this this person who I am. Uh, that like I couldn't dive into making that art forever. Right. It's like I can only make that art when I'm feeling when I'm when it's the emotions are at its peak. Because if I keep doing it, it's gonna it's gonna put like uh, it's gonna put too much darkness. You know what I mean? In this in this space where I'm like trying to escape it. You know. Absolutely understand that. But your um, example of your background in terms of you with your dad listening to Joe Scott Heron and just what stuck with me and resonated with me was when you said keep pushing. And I'm like, that would be an excellent trajectory to like your like an introduction to your work just with you not showing the trauma side of our everyday lives, but who we are now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you work with kids, you're a social worker, like these type of narratives that you don't necessarily hear about us. And it's always kind of like a negative connotation. So I'm excited to like see how your work grows, you know, in those avenues and what you're passionate about outside of art and how that kind of, you know, goes back into your work. Um, Because that sounded to me like an artist statement when you're explaining, you know, before. And that sounds that sounds really great. Thank you. Um, Let's see. Can you describe or discuss any challenges or obstacles you faced in your art career? What was something that was really difficult that you have have overcome? Um, My fear of well, part of it is like the business side. Part of it is like the creative side. So i my depth perception is terrible, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if you ask me to put two thumbtacks in a wall on a, and make a to hang something up, even oh, it's, I'm going to take three, four times to get it right, right? And it still might not be perfect, but it just looked better than it did initially, right? Um, so I'm always using like a balance or whatever. So, like, getting over dimensions, and I have a a, a painting, a sneaker, a painting of the Chicago SB Dunks, and it's very cartoonish, and it's. The dimensions are a little off. And I was like, you know what? That's just, that's part of my superpower, right? Like, that's just something that I'm going to lean into, like, not really understanding or knowing. Oh, like, I can't even conceptualize it sometimes. And I'm going to just pour into it. And, like, that's just way, the way my stuff is going to look. Um, and it's so far, I, I personally believe it looks, it looks dope because um, it's still bright and colorful as well. But then also the business side, um, it's feeling comfortable in spaces uh, where you uh, like the vending world or art shows, like mm-hmm. getting really comfortable. Right. And letting my personality show because I, I know every artist says this and I don't care if it's cliche, but like I'm like Erica Badu. I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my stuff. Right. I'm like very sensitive. It's like, how dare you? You didn't know how hard I worked for this. How dare you say something like that? Right. Um, and so, like, it took me a while. Like, it took me, like, 10 shows to be like, all right, cool. Like, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I know exactly how much this going to cost. I know exactly what this is going to look like, um, how I'm going to visualize my back, my my uh, my display and everything. So it was like, that was, like, a super hard thing to overcome because while I have a large personality in a lot of spaces, like, when I'm, like, showing my work, at first, it wouldn't come out. It was like, oh, how, how you doing? Da-da-da, my da-da, this is tone, this is my... Oh. Now it's like, all right, cool. This is what I do. This is how this looks. This is the inspiration. This is how much it costs. And feeling comfortable saying the price. And yeah. knowing that it's not going to be for everybody. And that's fine. Um, because if you, people will spend what they want to spend money on. So, like, and also in that part too, like feeling comfortable saying my price without 
like feeling nervous. Like, oh, I'm not going to get a sale because it's like I have this, I'm, this is not my full time. This is this is what I do. You know, what I mean, um, until it gets to be where I can do it full time. And then so like this is this is the price I got for you. This is what you're going to get and feeling comfortable and confident and sharing that price, no matter like what their response is, because if they want it, they're going to go get it no matter what. Speaking of prices, and I'm not even going to get to your personal price point um, because that's none of our business, but I did want to um, pose this question for anyone that's starting out listening. How do you price your work as an artist? Um, How do you calculate that? So I believe, I've always believed that the price comes from the confidence, Mm. right? And the quality of work, right? So for me, what it took was when I started like actually understanding and being able to do techniques and, 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 and patterns and without having needing references and like being able to just go do what I got to do and, and, and create it um, as well as the confidence and, and the execution. So like, if I know like this is exactly what I want it to look like, or this is as close to it is the colors are all bold and everything you're just feeling confident in what that price is going to be. Um, but then also being like realistic of where you're going to go. Right. So if you're at an event where it's like a pop up um, in like a parking lot and like to typically bring a thirteen hundred dollar piece to that event, it's probably not, you know, what I mean, the best idea. Right. It's like, all right, let's bring stuff that you're going to meet the crowd where they are um, in regards to like what you have for pricing. So you have your big stuff that's like whatever price you have. But then you also have like accessible things like prints, T-shirts, mugs, whatever, like coin purses, whatever you have, or makeup bags that you have to, to, to sell to people that really do appreciate your art, but but can't get to, the, or can't afford, or not in the space of that price tag, right? And recognizing like that it's not just about the, the price you have for everything, but it's about where you're going and the crowd you're going to be interacting with and meeting them where they are so that they can, you can share your art in different ways and not everything has to be the original thing you created. Okay. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we're coming up to a few questions. We only have a few minutes left. Um, but I did want to go back with um, your kind of like you're hyping yourself up for that moment where you're confident enough to speak about your work. Um, how did you realize or how what kind of things do you prep um, in the beginning? Because now I know that you're you, you're kind of comfortable in being in those spaces. But I know that that's a very intimidating thing for me as I was starting out, like being in a space where you know that there's going to be collectors, where you know you're going to be in an environment with a lot of people that are going to be interested in your work, but you're sensitive about your work um, and maybe not necessarily feeling like you belong. So what kind of things did you kind of do to help you out of that? So one thing, and I'm blessed, one thing that happened for me is that I always found a way to sell one thing like if one person liked it and other people saying i like it i can't afford it it kind of gave me the confidence like all right cool so after like the first couple times and i'm like really nervous and like my mom and my wife are like yo you got it like it's okay then i was like all right cool one person just i just got to get one person whatever it took i made sure i got a print t-shirt whatever it took um to kind of help build my confidence and and step on and step up um and then also take not taking uh not taking no's as something negative mm-hmm. right so like as you've probably been to shows before people are like oh i love your work i love this i love that and you say the price and you're like ah oh, 
And then they kind of like walk off and you're like, you can feel defeated because you work so hard. You're trying to get the money, recoup the money that you are uh, for the work that you've created. But like looking at the way it's been responding to, like if, if people don't have the, the money or people don't have the, the capital to, to buy it, but they really like it, then that means, all right, cool. My work is appreciated, appreciated, right? But like now let me find more spaces where this price point can can hit, right? Or where my where I, I can find a, a better way to fit in. Um, and then you can go start to be strategic about where you go uh, to, to vend or sell your stuff. Great. If there's any feeling that you would like someone to take away from your artwork, what would it be? Um, euphoric. I want them to walk away like, yo, oh my God, remember that? Oh, I love that show. Or that was one of my favorite things to do with my family. Like, I want people to feel connected emotionally as they walk away. And it's not like this pain piece, right, where people are like emotionally sad or, or you know, but like a feeling of happiness as well. Like, oh, I love that show. Or this is what we watch with um, with the kids. Um, so that's kind of like the one thing I want people to always walk away with is like a memory right? That's attached to the art, right? Because uh, I feel like once that happens, people feel more connected to the artists as well. Absolutely. What Phil and I like took away from your work, because we were just like, man, it's like so bright over there. Like your work was just so colorful. You know what I mean? Like it's inviting in that mm-hmm. sense. So um, I really, really um, look forward to seeing what you're going to be doing in the future, um, how your work kind of like enhances and what kind of stories you're going to tell moving forward. In order for our listeners to follow your journey as well, could you please share your website or any social media handles that you have? Yes. So I am on uh, my website is Butter Customs, B-U-T-T-A Customs.com. Um, and my Instagram handle is butter underscore customs. And it's butter spelled the same way, B-U-T-T-A underscore customs. Um, those are the two ways you can get in contact with me. Um, and then my email is just buttercustoms at Gmail, right? Uh, spelled the same way um, as my Instagram handle, as my website as well. Um, you can find prints, T-shirts, uh, canvases, wood cutouts, custom sneakers, uh, and then I'm also available via email or DM and we can always chop it up and figure out what the project is and, and what that's going to look like moving forward. So, Great. Thank you so much for, um, you know, allowing us to take up some of your time this Sunday and um, really appreciate speaking with you. I wish you all the best with all of the endeavors you're going to have in the future. No, thank you. I really appreciate being on this platform. <laughs>